the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Steve Ward, head of IBM's Worldwide Marketing Programs. Why do you do the things that you do? And how do you perhaps change that inner voice that has been convincing you for so long to do those things? So the two main things I ask people to do to move forward, one is to become open with God and to surrender yourself to His will. The second is to be vulnerable with other people. That is, the very act of becoming vulnerable and transparent with other people puts you on the road to recovery. Well, hello, everyone. This is, once again, Ray Hilbert, your host here at the Bottom Line Faith Program. This is the weekly program where we have the incredible privilege of traveling all around the country, and we get to interview some of the top Christian thought leaders, business owners, presidents, CEOs, executives, attorneys, doctors, you name it. We have a chance to talk with some of the most amazing Christian business and marketplace leaders, where we learn from them their story, their journey, their victories, their struggles, how they live out their faith, and how they believe God can use them in the marketplace. And this program is really designed to be a voice of encouragement. And so you're going to hear some great words of encouragement on the program today. If this is your first time uh, joining us here at Bottom Line Faith, uh, we'd like to encourage you to go to the website, bottomlinefaith.org. And you can see dozens and dozens of episodes on the uh, uh, previous interviews. You can also scroll to the bottom of the website there, and you could subscribe and receive this program on a weekly basis on your device, your laptop, your mobile phone, what have you. And uh, you can do that through Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all of the traditional podcast uh, subscription platforms. You can also check us out on social media. If you are a Christ follower and you are a president, CEO, or business owner, and you're looking for community with a group of your peers, go to truthatwork.org. We uh, Truth at Work are the sponsoring ministry for the Bottom Line Faith Program. And click on that tab that says Roundtables, and you can learn more about the Roundtable Program offered through Truth at Work. It's available in dozens of cities across America, and there's hundreds of companies and Christ followers that are in the Truth at Work Roundtable program. Well, enough of the introductions from my end. Folks, I am really excited to introduce you to uh, our new friend here at Bottom Line Faith, Mr. Steve Ward. We're in Birmingham, Alabama. Steve is a long-term teammate and uh, associate at IBM, and uh, he is the head of what is called their Worldwide Marketing Programs, and we're going to learn more about Steve's career with IBM, but also a ministry that God has placed in his heart, and I know you're going to be encouraged to learn about this as well. Steve, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Ray, thank you so much. Uh, I think this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now, and I appreciate it. We're going to have fun today. Yes, we are. We're going to have a great time, and and, uh, I know you've heard the program before, and I uh, kind of encourage and joke around with every one of our guests. We call this the fastest 30 minutes on the airwaves, because we're both going to be amazed, I think, how fast this conversation is going to go, and I hope it's fast for our audience as well. (laughs) I agree. It'll be fun. So... Uh, let's let's learn a little bit. We're going to talk about your career and your faith and business and so forth, but give us a little bit of the background, kind of where did you grow up? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Tell us about your upbringing, and uh, then kind of walk us through your career path. All right. I was born in Alabama, didn't live there long. I was raised in Georgia. Uh, my dad was in television all of his life. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. We had a nice upbringing. Uh, we went to church. It may have been perfunctory in nature, but we, we did. My 
great-granddad was a Methodist circuit pastor, so it, you know the church was was in our family. Um, in high school, I, I did well. Uh, the place I found myself being most comfortable was I was relatively smart. I was valedictorian of our school, but that's not what I wanted. I wanted to be the cool one. I wanted to be in the cool crowd. So that manifested itself a little more when I went to Georgia Tech. Uh, I majored in industrial engineering there. But my primary purpose, I think, was to party and have as good a time as I could while I was in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, that led uh, to the start of my IBM career, and uh, I started in Arizona. Uh, I thought uh, about the next 15 or 20 years of my life very much the way uh, that it shows up in Ecclesiastes. In fact, I've, I've written about this, that uh, even though I didn't know it at the time, I found myself searching for meaning and trying out various lifestyles to do that. I tried uh, having a lot of fun and having adventures, and that didn't work. Uh, I tried alcohol and recreational drugs, and that didn't seem to work. Uh, I tried uh, a career advancement and achievement. I tried making the most money. Uh, I tried achieving the most knowledge. And all of those uh, may have been paths that led to something, but they didn't lead to ultimate meaning and purpose. And so that left me searching. And later I, I, I can tell you how that led to my faith journey, but you know that's how I found myself moving forward into my 30s. Yeah. So uh, at least that first decade, coming out of school, you, you tried all the world's ways. I did, and loved them all, and, but <laughs> none of them quite seemed to work. Always something missing, right? Yes. So what was it then? How was it that you came into that authentic relationship with your Creator through His Son, Jesus Christ, and what difference has that made in your life? Yeah. Well, he, he led me to Him, and I found myself searching. Um, the way that I'm wired, uh, He needed to get to my heart through my head. So I wound up studying Christianity, and I found myself saying to my wife, I said, honey, if all of this stuff is really true, wouldn't that change everything? And so I was in a state of searching like that, and we moved to Orlando, Florida, and picked the house we were going to live in to be next to the, the best public school in town and next and near to a church we had been told about. Sure enough, uh, our boys didn't go to that school, and we went to a different church. But <laughs> the people in that church, I, I think, were a big part of, of my change. And one thing led to another, and I, I went with a group of them to a Promise Keepers event. This was back in the day. And uh, I walked into Jacksonville Stadium, what is now Jaguar Stadium, uh, one Friday evening and walked out of the upper deck and saw 60,000 men gathered there to worship Jesus Christ. And my life changed forever. And I, I could see almost visually the milestones of my life that had led me to that moment and 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 that was just the start of a really incredible journey with god what year was that do you remember that would have been uh, about 1995 would be my guess approximately i'd, I'd have to go back and check that's fantastic so yeah. a spiritual birthday 1995 there you go I, I haven't thought about that i need to find out what my spiritual birthday was there you go so yeah. been walking now with jesus for roughly 22 23 years in an authentic way yes and that thank you for sharing that and so god has really positioned you in one of the the largest global corporations on the planet today at ibm and um, you've been there for 30 Seven. Seven years. years. Okay, very good. And um, you've had a number of positions there. You, you're heading up now what is called the Worldwide Marketing Programs. Why don't you share with us a few thoughts and reflections about um, how has God used you 
in that role in, in, in your roles at, at IBM? How have you tried to, to to model Christ and love people well there and live out your faith in what is obviously a global corporation? What's that look like for you? Yeah, it it has been a great journey because I've I've had I've been blessed to have a number of different careers. They just all happen to be within one company. So I started in industrial engineering, moved into strategic planning, got into sales, moved a number of times, and led some wonderful, wonderful sales teams. Um, then at that point, I had to. This is one of the harder decisions I had to make when I found myself being successful in sales and making a lot of money and liking, frankly, the prestige of it. Mm-hmm. But when I thought about it, it didn't really seem my natural bent the way I had been designed. And I, I, and I felt like marketing, which is a, a little more strategic and planning in nature than sales, was probably how God had designed me to be. And so I struggled for a little while. Could I, could I walk away from the higher salary uh, from what, in effect, is was more prestigious in our job, and and finally made that decision to move into marketing, and uh, and then I've done a number of global marketing jobs since then. So. And what I what I think is really interesting is, uh, you know, you started in this pathway of engineering, and sales is not naturally a progression for someone, but it sounds like this marketing then kind of pulls you back into systems and processes and structure. Which is that engineering piece? Would you agree with that, or, I, or would you? I would. I, that that's actually pretty intuitive. You know, when I was in engineering, uh, I was more creative and planning oriented than that career path was going to be. Yeah, yeah. So even though I, I think like an industrial engineer, I think process and organization, uh, that was a too confining career. Mm-hmm. Sales probably flipped me over to the other end of the spectrum, wide open, dealing with customers, talking about business every day, talking about their business. But again, I, I'd probably swung the pendulum a little too far, and marketing brought me back in the middle where I can use creativity and planning and organization and project management yeah. to still think about customers in, in, a, in a business context. Sounds like more of the sweet spot for you, right? I think so. Yeah. And so specifically, um, what's it been like from a faith standpoint for you to be in that environment? How do you think God's used you? Uh, how do you try to live out your faith and, and witness and, and, and bring glory to the Lord? Some things have worked wonderfully well. Some have been uh, a struggle. It's not the right word, but uh, I would say a frustration. Um, the things that have worked very well are that the the experiences and the skills that God has given me working through a company like that have been an incredible platform for working in my church and in the ministry environment. I've, I've worked with a number of nonprofits, and I found that the, the things that people in a business environment take for granted are like solid gold to a lot of nonprofits. You know, I mean, nonprofits are started by people with an incredible heart and yeah. a wonderful calling, and they may not understand business or project management or administration. So I've I've been blessed in that way, and that the, the skills I picked up in business, I think I've been able to apply those in the community and and in the church. Inside, it's actually been a little harder um, because I, I have I've, I've had a lot of global jobs. I've tend to work with people all over the world. I tend to work with them electronically. Um, and in a and in a corporation these days, there are certain things you can do and not do yeah, in yeah. terms of being openly evangelical. So I think the sweet spot I found is is one is uh, to be who I am, and the also is even in a work environment to be more vulnerable than people are used to being, uh, especially with some of our family situations. You know, I, I mentioned uh, you know that I had a son, or I haven't mentioned yet, but I, I had a son who did get into drugs and, and alcohol problems. And I found that in, even in a business environment, to let something like that be known, all of a sudden the conversation changes and the relationship changes, and and you 
quickly get about three or four levels toward the real <laughs> yeah. rather than the, the superficial. So it's, it's really been um, connecting with people one by one. Uh, the way that that God has allowed it. Yeah. So let's take just a moment. You're in a you're in a large global corporation. You've been there 37 years. Multiple careers that you've been able to have inside of that corporation. What word of encouragement would you have for somebody who's listening to the program, listening to our conversation? How can they live out their faith? How can they be an effective witness for Christ in a big company in a big culture? Yeah, I, I'd actually perhaps suggest two answers for two different types of people. For, for some of them, I would say, um, you're not alone, and understand that, that even though you have issues and, and you don't know how to be open about those in a business context, everybody around you does. So there's, I think, uh, some people who get lost in, in a big company, and yes, they may be very successful doing their piece of it, but they're wearing a mask while they're at work, and they think that the issues that they have at home and, you know, that everybody around them doesn't because everybody has that work persona going. And so they don't see that. I mean, in a typical, you know, global company, you're not wearing your emotions on your sleeve that way. So for those people who, who feel that, I would say you're not alone. Everybody has issues, and, and it's okay to be vulnerable. Um, then there's people who uh, on the outside seem to be extremely successful. They tend to be hard chargers. They may be senior executives. They may be manager level. Um, but maybe they're driven by pride or maybe they're driven by uh, uh, an inherent um, idol around achievement. For those, I, I would have probably a different suggestion. Uh, it, it, would, it would start with the same place, though, is you need to a, a, understand yourself and, and learn what's going on with yourself, and then perhaps the road is to be vulnerable with God and be vulnerable with others. And, and, and it may be that you don't know what you don't know, and you may be heading for a crash that you don't even see coming, because all you can see is, is yourself and your own pride and your own goals. So it, perhaps two different conversations. I think that's really good, and what I hear in, in much of what you're saying is we have to, as Christ followers, have enough faith in the Lord and His plan for us, that we may have to demonstrate some vulnerability in some very potentially uncomfortable scenarios. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. It's it's been one of the biggest life lessons I've learned is is that I went from uh, probably a persona of thinking about image and in, in both in a work and in a personal standpoint to quite the opposite. To think that the way that people um, I guess demonstrate realness and demonstrate connection is is to let themselves be known, and that can start by letting you know our our our, our weaknesses be known and our experiences be known, and that people that way are drawn to that and they're connected to that, and and all of a sudden you find yourself you know talking on a different level and reaching people that you wouldn't have reached before. So yeah, that's very good, folks. We are speaking with Steve Ward. He is uh, with IBM, and uh, he heads up their worldwide marketing programs, and. Um, this is kind of a, a division or a department or at least a, an initiative inside IBM that you have started. You, this, you've headed this up. What exactly do you do in worldwide marketing programs? Yeah. I wouldn't say that I'd started it, but I okay. did sort of create the position that I'm in. Okay, I was, fair uh, <laughs> After 37 years, um, you know, I was starting to say, where do I want to go from here? Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to get a job in corporate headquarters that was uh, looking across 
how we operate marketing across the business and, and around the world. Uh, so that's that's what we do. We look at how our different business units execute marketing programs, and, and are we doing them in a way that uh, that meets our customers' needs, but it's also, uh, I guess, efficient at the same time. So it's 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 been a wonderful job for the last couple of years. Tell us a little bit about this blossoming next chapter of your life. All right. Well, I, th- I think it starts. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to when I, I found myself coming to faith, and I mentioned the Promise Keeper story, and that led to a period which I think of uh, as the golden period. Uh, we went a number of years where everything in life seemed to be going right. We loved where we were living. We loved our neighborhood. We loved our church. Our boys were young, and everything was going well. Our marriage was great. Um, in retrospect, our faith was probably still untested, and in many areas we didn't know what we didn't know at the time. Um, we later wound up moving back to Atlanta, and a decade later, everything was going wrong. Uh, I discovered what I'd probably been denying for a while, that I was an alcoholic. Uh, My wife had issues as well. Um, Perhaps the most traumatic event was our son uh, was going down the road of of, of drugs uh, and alcohol as well, and that became a traumatic journey as he went through his teens. Uh, So all of that going on in one family leads to marriage tension. And eventually, to I suspect you're putting issues. that mildly. I, it's it's a in retrospect, I, I almost smile when I tell the yeah. story because it was horrible at the time. Yeah, but I would not undo a minute of it. As crazy as that sounds, um, well, it shaped who you are and who you are. It, it did. It, it changed uh, the whole dynamic. Uh, I think of my life and and the direction of it. It led to a ministry where we spent so much time in recovery, and I saw these things called the the 12 steps, which were the world's best recovery program, but nobody outside of recovery knew anything about them. And and I looked at them and saw that they were very strong, biblically-based principles that anyone could use to live life and, and achieve more peace, joy, and purpose in their life. So I said, why doesn't the rest of the world talk about this all the time? Why don't they study this in college? Why don't they teach it in business? Why don't they teach it in parenting class? And I decided to write a book to take the, the principles and the wisdom of recovery to the rest of the world. And that's what Steps was all about. Tell us a little bit about what's in this book and what you sense God calling this next chapter to look like for you. And be as specific as God has revealed. Don't have to make it up, but as specific as God has revealed to you. Well, I think he has. He's, In other words, God has, first of all, revealed his wisdom in the word that he has given us, right? And so I think one of the things that drew me to recovery into the 12 steps was that it was biblically sound philosophical, you know, in terms of what it represented. Uh, so the foundation was there. And then what I, I found is that you can apply God's word in a number of different environments. So since the book, I've, 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 I've had a blog as well, and I've written about uh, leadership in business. Now, before you go on, how, how yeah. can our listeners find your blog? How can they learn more about what we're talking about right now? Uh, my website is lifeimprovementsteps.com. Lifeimprovementsteps.com. Okay, That's right. Thanks. And yep. it's it's easy to, to sign up for the weekly blog. It's it's it comes every Monday. It's a 500 to 700 word blog that will be practical on how do you approach day to day living, but in a way that'll lead you toward more peace, joy, and purpose. That's what the blog is about. Where, where's this headed? It's it's already taken me in a number of directions. Um, I, I already feel that my life has become a ministry almost more of its entirety. So, um, you know, as you see probably with this podcast, I mean, when you're in the business of communicating, it it keeps your mind always thinking about 
how does God's words apply to different people? And it it it, it just makes that I don't know. It, it stays closer to your uh, you know to to your conscious mind all the time, which is which is fun. So it's it's fun to write. It's fun to put out a weekly blog. But it's also fun to to look at people in different environments and think, how do God's principles apply to a senior executive? You know who's who's uh, working 70 hours a week, who's driven by pride and control, and has no idea he's headed for a crash. You know, how does this deal to a middle manager who's dealing with pornography or alcohol issues on the side, and he's hiding it from everyone, um, but he's heading for a crash? How does this deal, how does this help parents? Parents who are struggling with, with teenagers in today's environment, who are exposed to what the culture puts in front of them, what can they do to help their kids, pre, you know, prevent their kids from going down that route? You know, how does it apply to, to managing a family, to, you know, to, to, to being a husband or a wife? You know, so it's, it's, it's become a wonderful adventure to figure out how do you apply these principles that God has put in place, that God has used in recovery for, for decades. How do you apply those to the parts of life that we all go through? That is really exciting. So you see this, um, you're going to be helping to bring this into ministries, into organizations, and into companies and coaching leaders around the principles that God's given you. Absolutely. I, I hope that for the rest of my life I'm working with uh, business leaders, yeah. uh, but also moms and dads and those who, who lead, you know, Church organizations and, and parachurch organizations to see, hey, God has God has given us a, an instruction book and he's he's made some tools available that if we just apply them, uh, that that whatever we do will turn out to to be a, be more successful and more effective, but also it'll lead us to more peace and joy. Yeah. So th- this was birthed out of your own personal journey, your own personal brokenness, right? Absolutely. Pain. Yeah. I'm looking here just at the title of chapter 13, dealing with tough times and recovery. Uh, what would you say to someone listening to the program that maybe something's going on in their family, uh, maybe a loss of a loved one, or maybe there's a child with uh, chemical addiction issues, you've talked about that, or maybe they're going through those kinds of things. Um, what advice or encouragement would you have for somebody who's listening right now who's going through a tough time? How, how can they get through it, and what, what would recovery look like? It, it's, it starts by, A, recognizing that there's a problem, and the and then be deciding that you're not going to try to solve it all by yourself. Um, so getting past the denial stage is hard for some people, but uh, you first have to recognize that there is a problem, or or help someone else recognize that there is. Then there's a tendency, especially today, that people um, you know batten down the hatches and they're scared to talk to people either because they're embarrassed of of themselves or what's going on in their family, and that's actually the last possible thing you should do. So the process of recovery is really, one is uh, getting, becoming honest with yourself, becoming self-aware that, that you know what's going on in your own life. And then you go through a stage where you admit that to God and you and God have con- honest conversations about that. And then you admit it to another person and go through that. And then you start to deal with uh, perhaps some of the bridges that you've burned along the way. And then you put a set of habits in place every day you know, through prayer and meditation to continue that. And then recovery leads you toward a life of service. You know, how do you take what you've been through and the experience you've been through, and how do you use that then to connect with and help other people? One of the things that I think, and I'm 50, almost 52 years old, and I think one of the biggest lessons that of the last, I'm going to say five to 10, seven years, five to seven years that God's revealed to me is that there is beauty in brokenness 
and there is healing and transparency and authenticity. And I think so often uh, we think that, well, if I share this, if I let people know what I'm going through, I'm going to appear weak, I'm going to be a failure, they're going to be embarrassed, they're not going to want to know me. And it's quite the opposite. There is a welcoming, right, when we open up and share in community. We see Scripture after Scripture this way. Yeah. And, and, and so there is that healing, there is that recovery, but it it almost always has to be in community, right? Both communion with God, but community with one another. I, I got to believe that's part of your... Oh, absolutely. In, in fact, it's it's top of mind for me now, because the last two blogs I've, I've written were, were kind of related to each other. One was called How to Escape Living in Shame, right? Now, that's not a topic that a lot of guys or a lot of business leaders are used to dealing with, right? So I had to, I had to figure out a context for how to do that. But I've met with enough business leaders to know uh, that they're all dealing with issues of shame, whether they know it or not, whether they knew it. So the, the, the one that I just wrote last week was, why guys do what they do? And so this was meant to be a little more palatable to say, Here's four mythical guys. There's there's Mr. Right. There's the worker. You know, it, here are four personas of different guys. I'm pretty sure you can find yourself in one of these four. <laughs> uh-huh. And and there are certain behaviors you probably do. And it was meant to help them then kind of unravel. Why do you do the things that you do? And how do you perhaps change that inner voice that is that has been convincing you for so long to do, to do those things? So, uh, the, this concept of helping people become vulnerable. But the the two main things uh, these articles ask people to do uh, to move forward are one is to be to become open with God and to surrender yourself to His will. That's the first. The second is to be vulnerable with other people. That is the very act of becoming vulnerable and transparent with other people puts you on the road to recovery. I've actually written about. How do you be vulnerable in a work environment, uh-huh. right? And so the answer is not you just pick people randomly and, okay. and, and, and go up and talk sure. to them. I'm relieved to hear that. That said, <laughs> yeah. uh, I would think that most people can turn the meter a little bit toward vulnerability, and they'll still be in this. There's a long way for they can go. But I, I think if you have a really serious issues to deal with, you know, you start from the inside out. Who are those that are closest to you? Uh, they probably know more than you think they know anyway, and, and you start there. Um, but the the more you share what's really going on in your life, the more it becomes uh, not only comfortable, but more than comfortable, but almost thrilling, because you find yourself living life much more authentically and dealing with people at a level that you didn't know to live. You know, I I can walk into a recovery meeting, like a celebrate recovery meeting in another city, and sit down next to someone. And probably in five minutes, be having a more intimate, real conversation than people I've dealt with in business for 15 or 20 years. And, and, yeah. it, and that's once you get used to living that way, it, it becomes a very uh, attractive way to live. I'll tell you one of the things, you know, and, and what I do in getting to talk with, you know, top high performance, high capacity leaders in all walks of life, uh, one of the things that's helped me. Is is I'm trying to look to learn uh, learn to look at every person through the lens of their brokenness because even if they appear like they've got it all together, every single one of us are broken, per- imperfect, and infallible, and that's kind of a freeing thing. Is like, yeah, this person may look and appear like it's all together. I just need to find out where their brokenness is because that's where my ministry opportunity is going to be. Uh, absolutely. Uh, if in fact, if I were going to say. Are there two main areas of inhibitors that are keeping a lot of business leaders from 
uh, from really moving past the things that are bothering them. Uh, one of them is is the brokenness that they may or may not understand. They probably don't. Uh, and if they do, they, they, they may be in denial or they don't know how to deal with it. So it is dealing with their own brokenness. The other is just to become intentional uh, uh, and intentional about the right things. Um, especially most business leaders are very proactive and hard workers yeah. and they're probably leaders. So they think they're being intentional, but they're being intentional about the wrong things. And, and to learn to focus on those things that are important, but not necessarily urgent. Uh, and if you're a leader, that may mean spend your time with your people and your values rather than putting out the next fire, that, as an example. So to be intentional and, and to, to learn to be open and transparent and vulnerable are two, I think, of the secrets. And isn't it freeing every once in a while to say to your team, to say to your coworkers, to say to whomever, you know what? I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't have the answer. Will you help me? Yeah. It's it, freeing. And, and what's amazing is is God's principles – actually work That's right. in real life and they actually work in business. So if funny you, if, how that you, works. if you look at studies of effective leaders, right? One of the characteristics that is most commonly cited in studies is trust. Another one is empathy. Right? So so those people who uh, who share of themselves earn trust and, and and become empathetic, those actually it's it's very directly correlated to those who are the top leaders. You know, so folks, we've been speaking with Steve Ward. Uh, he is uh, with uh, IBM and uh, with their worldwide marketing programs, but he also has an amazing book called Steps, A Daily Journey to a Better Life. And uh, God is launching and birthing a ministry uh, that, that, that Steve has taken out to business leaders and organizations. And would you give us that website one more time so that our listeners can check out what you're doing? It's lifeimprovementsteps.com. That's lifeimprovementsteps.com. Well, Steve, we're at the end of the program, and this is the one question that we ask every guest, every guest. And that's what we call our 423 question. But it's based out of Proverbs 4. Verse 23, where Solomon says, above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. And so, Steve, let's just kind of move the clock forward. You're toward the tail end of this time, uh, this side of eternity, and you have a chance to gather your family, your friends, your loved ones, those who are most precious to you, and you have a chance to pass along that one piece of advice that you would say, above all else... I, I love that scripture, and it's it's interesting in that Really, when you think about it, the answer to your question is in the question. In other words, the answer I would give is um, to seek your heart and to seek the heart of God. In other words, and in other words, one is is to focus your life on loving God as well as you can. And the tricky part of that—that's trickier for most people. It has certainly been tricky for me. Is that that involves allowing God to love you? That sounds backwards, but that's really been the hard part for me, right, is, is, is for me to truly understand that God doesn't just love me in a corporate fashion as one of his many people, but that he loves me individually and that he designed me individually. And so when you really accept that, then that allows you, I, I think, to, to love God in the way that he, he deserves. And that becomes the, the core for everything else, for loving others and for being content and for being productive. So. Incredible, incredible counsel and advice. Uh, Steve, wow, we're going to have to do this again. I'd love to. God has really, really blessed you with an amazing career, amazing journey, amazing story, and something is telling me it's just getting started. Does it feel that way to you? It does. I, I, I can't wait for the next 20 or 30 years. That's that's good uh, stuff. Uh, 
And uh, I know that many business leaders and companies and ministries and organizations are going to be blessed by these principles and this way of living and leading that you're they're describing to us. Folks, can't believe it's already the end of another edition here at Bottom Line Faith, and so check out our other interviews at bottomlinefaith.org. If you're a Christ-following business owner and you want a president or CEO and you want to learn about the Truth at Work Roundtable program, go to truthatwork.org. We are the host ministry for the Bottom Line Faith program. Click on that tab called Roundtables and check it out. Learn what it looks like to be in community with other Christ-following business leaders in a national community, a national network, and chapters and groups around the country. Well, listen, Steve, thanks again for being our guest today on the program. And folks, until next time, this is your host at Bottom Line Faith, Ray Hilbert, encouraging you to live out your faith in the marketplace and be a blessing to those that God has called you to lead with and to lead. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes. 